It's week 17 in the NFL, and the playoffs are upon us. With two more weeks to go, everyone is trying to make their final push to solidify their spot, but certain players are going to be missing at least this week because of COVID-19. We're going to break down what's going on there, what, what key matchups are going to be affected by COVID. Also talk about Hall of Fame finalists as the list was released of the final 15 guys to be chopped down to five eventually. And then we're also going to give you our, our pick six. I'm Chris Carter of the Locked On Steelers podcast. Joining me will be your boy Q of the Locked On Raiders podcast here on the Locked On NFL podcast. Let's get this party started. You are locked on NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome to the Locked On NFL Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with my co-branded co-host, your boy Q. We're bringing it here, as always, on a Friday. We're thanking for you, make, you're thanking you for making us your first listen every day. You can find this show on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, and YouTube. Hit the like on our YouTube channel uh, of this, if you're watching this video. Subscribe to our channel for daily NFL content, not just from us, but from all our hosts throughout the week. Q, it's been, an, it's been a crazy, exciting time getting to the playoffs, but we have two more weeks of regular season football, and everything is about to go down here. Uh, but we got big news so far. Also, we apologize. I am uh, I'm, I just covered the Peach Bowl out in Atlanta, so I am not home, so I'm dealing with a bit of a road setup. So apologize for any audio, video uh, quality issues that we have with this video. But we're getting it done still here on a Friday. Q, big news, though, with COVID. Uh, Kirk Cousins... Uh, is not going to be available because he tested positive and he's stuck in the in, in the protocol um, throughout the weekend. That's going to put the Vikings in a rough spot. They already were in a rough spot because they were playing the Packers and they basically needed to win out and hope that they got some help. Uh, but now you're going up against Aaron Rodgers, the number one seed in the AFC, uh, the NFC, excuse me, the Green Bay Packers, and you don't even have the quarterback that you guaranteed all that money to. Right. I mean, no doubt about it. It's a bad situation for the Vikings to be in, and this is one of the concerns that the NFL, this is one of the concerns that I've been having. I mean, I think everyone who covers the league has been having is that it's going to get down to the final couple weeks. Teams are going to need to get in. Teams are going to need wins to get in, uh, similar to the Minnesota Vikings, and then their guy is not going to be available. That's why you've seen so much shuffling around with the protocols and going from 10 days out to five days and, you know, kind of bending the rules and making things more uh, accessible for everybody, even though that might not necessarily be fair. uh, And I say that in air quotes, but uh, it just stinks when you know that playoff bursts are on the line and these guys are going to miss games because of COVID-19. Of course, everyone wants to be safe. Everyone wants to make sure everyone's safe, but it's just very bad situation that the Vikings are in. They're in the eighth seed right now. They're on the outside looking into the playoffs. They have the Mac Packers, like you mentioned, and now they're going to have to go with like Sean Mannion or they're going to have to go with uh, Kellen Mond, the rookie. I mean, that's a less than ideal situation for a team desperate for a win to try to get into the playoffs. It's, it's less than ideal. Uh, and, and COVID's hitting everyone. You know, Carson Wentz, uh, you know, got tested, tested positive this week. Antonio Gibson for, for Washington tested positive. You know, there, there's a lot of guys being added to the list, you know, you know, right before the games. And this is what we knew would happen at some point. You know, there'd be games that can't be moved, games that you, that you got to play on the schedule that they're on and players that, that would eventually miss them. This is just part of what's going on with, with, with COVID, but especially with the Omicron uh, you know, variant out, out there. Uh, it's made things a lot harder on teams to plan around it. But the, again, you're looking at, you know, how – 
the playoffs are going to be shaped in both conferences. You know, the Steelers just added two players to their COVID list two days before they play, or excuse me, three days before they play, you know, the uh, the, the Cleveland Browns. And so those guys have a, have a slim chance of coming back. But this is this goes back to, you know, what everyone was concerned about all season is, you know, will teams be able to withstand losing guys at the, at the wrong moments uh, to, that, that impact their season? Right, and the rate that all these teams are losing guys is just incredible. And that's why so many – protocols have been changed you know just because there's so many guys i mean one team has 12 another guy has the team has 13 another team has 20 i mean it's just it's incredible and i mean we saw a really bad monday night football game this past week when you saw the dolphins and the saints go out there and they had their four string quarterback talking about the saints and ian book four string quarterback there's no reason ever in an nfl game that the four string quarterback should be playing on monday night football in prime time and you see that and so uh, that's when the nfl really said hey we've got to make some things happen the nfl and the nfl pa got together Change the protocols along and now look I'm not saying that that's necessarily fair for the ones that in the training camp and preseason and offseason were trying to rush to make sure they got vaccinated so they didn't have any penalties they didn't miss any games they didn't miss any game checks it might not be necessarily fair to them I understand if they have some complaints or they were on the fence with it and they felt like the NFL was kind of strong arming them I mean there was a long time that if you remember uh, players were pissed off saying that hey the NFL is trying to uh, really make us force us to do something that we might not necessarily want to do and now all of a sudden you get to week 17 week 18 when uh, everything matters all the chips are in the middle of the table and it's like okay hey don't worry about it you're vaccinated cool you're unvaccinated cool no worries you can play as long as you sit out for five days I mean it's you know but they're just trying to do everything that they can to get these games in bottom line the NFL wants to make sure that the money they're making that money it's coming in it's always about the money and these teams they really want their star players out there because again they're fighting for their playoffs lives especially in a year like this year where all these teams are so bunched up and so much is on the line these final two weeks I think it's going to be exciting football. We're just not really sure who we're going to see out there playing. That's the bottom line. We're not really sure who's going to be out there. Uh, I know for a lot of people who are in their fantasy football championships, they're <laughs> probably panicking right now. It's like, please, just don't let it be my guy. Uh, but but that, that that's the reality right now. We'll see how this continues to impact the, the league and the playoff picture in the NFL. But it's certainly becoming the story of how these games are being shaped. Uh, and again, you know, you know, the Sunday games, they, they, they'll they begin in a couple of days here. But, you know, you know, who's to say that more people won't pop up on these lists on Saturday or Sunday morning when players are getting tested? It's becoming a bigger question more and more. We'll be keeping track of that here on the Locked On NFL podcast. We're going to switch it to some Hall of Fame talk because the finalists were released. But first, I got to talk to you guys about Built Bar. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar because Built Bar is filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, sugar, net carbs, and fat, but high in protein. That means you're getting the best of both worlds, being delicious and healthy. There's so many flavors you'll have a hard time choosing. Will you choose raspberry, mint brownie, cherry, double chocolate, cookies and cream, or peanut butter brownie? Built Bar gives you that extra fuel to get through your days. If you're, if you're struggling, pack one in your purse, pack one in your, in your jacket. You'll be able to pop one out, eat some, get some energy, get, get re-energized, and you're back into action. Or if you're sitting at home being cozy cozy for the holidays, one, if you, you can, you, here's a secret. You can take a cup of hot cocoa, dip your Built bar for a little bit let it melt a little bit then you mix that flavor from the built bar into your hot cocoa and then you have a nice melty snack as well but you may, may need to bring some napkins with you but trust <laughs> me it's worth it i've tried it i have tried i have tried it it's, it's it's a good it's a good snack um go to built.com to get your built bar flavor delivered right to your door by using promo code locked 15 that's l-o-c-k-e-d-1-5 locked 15 and that's 50 and you'll get 15 percent off your next order again that's built.com to use promo code locked 15 to get 15 percent off your next order.
Back here on the Locked On NFL podcast, where your boy Q is reacting crazily to my ad reads as I uh, dis- describe the. the I just want to see told. you sitting around, you and your girl, with some built bars, and you're dipping them in your hot cocoa. You're having a nice little holiday dinner and everything. You guys are whispering sweet nothings in each other's eyes. I just, hey man, I just want to see it. I'm here for the. I'm here for the show, man. That's all I'm saying. Well, I just saw. I was like, okay, Q's, Q's going off right there. I was, I was like, oh, what, what's he, what's he doing? But, uh, but no, yeah. I mean, it's. I, I've tried it. It's good. Do it with the cookies and cream, though. The cookies Ooh, and cream that sounds good. That sounds good. Try that. Let me I tell. Let me tell the wife that she'll be like, "Man, you need to be more like Chris Carter. You need to have a little bit more <laughs> romances, romanticism. I can't even say the word. I don't even know if it is a word. You got to be like that guy. Show a little bit of something. Instead, you're always talking football. Instead, <laughs> <laughs> you're always talking. About, see, us light skinned brothers, we got we got some. I know, man. Things. I got to learn. You're gonna learn me at some point. <laughs> I appreciate you. Let's, but let's talk about the Hall of, Hall of Fame finalist that that list that was released here, um, because uh, it was a uh, it was a, it was an interesting list that came out uh, with 15 players total players here on on, on the players that, that that have been out that have been a modern era player finalists. You got Jared Allen, of course, the defensive end who played for the Vikings, Chiefs, and a bunch of other teams. Um, Willie Anderson, offensive tackle. Rondé Barber, you know the, the Super Bowl champion cornerback for the Buccaneers. Tony Baselli, the longtime off well, the, the, the offensive tackle for the Jaguars, who's been talked about for a long time with a chance to try to make the Hall. Leroy Butler, the Packers safety. Devin Hester, the all-time great returner. Uh, in football, uh, Tory Holt, of course, with the greatest show on turf and the, and the Rams, Andre Johnson, the, the best player in Houston Texans history, Sam Mills, the linebacker from the Saints, the Panthers, and so in, in, in that career, Richard Seymour, the Patriots defensive end, uh, Zach Thomas, the, the Dolphins linebacker of the 90s, Demarcus Ware, the edge rusher for the Cowboys and the Broncos, uh, Reggie Wayne, of course, the longtime receiver for the Colts and Peyton Manning, uh, Patrick Willis. Uh, the uh, linebacker that we remember from the Niners and Bryant Young, uh, defensive lineman for the Niners from the mid '90s into the mid 2000s. But of this list, Q, everybody is deserving. You know, you're always right. going to say that, but there, there's certainly guys that jump off the page here that definitely should be part of this class. If you were to bu- buckle this down to three guys, who are your three picks that should make it over everybody else? You know, I'll tell you right now, and, and you're right, man. That list is incredible. A lot of great talent on it, so I don't want to take anything away from any of those guys because, man, if it was up to me, I'd probably put them all in. But it's the Hall of Fame. It's not the Hall of, like, really, really great or really, really good. It's the Hall of Fame. It's, you know, it's not that easy to get in. Uh, I got three guys that I'm looking at. I'm going to start with the guy that probably is maybe flying under the radar the most, in my opinion, and that's one you mentioned, Andre Johnson, the wide receiver from the Houston Texans. Uh, he very well easily could be the best player in the Houston Texans history. I think that you're spot on when you say that. Uh, the dude was just incredible. He was slow and steady. He didn't, he didn't, you know, make a whole lot of noise except for when he was beating up on Cortland Finnegan, which I think everybody will remember that classic fight. But I mean, the dude that was, wasn't a fight. That was just a beat. Down. That's true. That was a beat down. That was a beat down. But he was just so smooth and so good at what he did. And you know, just to be able to be there and be such an impact there with the Houston Texans. And uh, you know, he wasn't flashy. He wasn't a guy that was on a lot of commercials you know even in the Houston area wasn't in a lot of commercials he was just he was just Andre Johnson went out there and balled but man he was solid and any team uh, could have benefited from having an Andre Johnson so that's my first guy that I pick uh, if I'm picking three Andre Johnson's gonna be my first one who you got I gotta go Reggie Wayne. I know, I know, okay. I, I love me some Andre Johnson, and, okay. and, but Reggie Wayne to me has always been one of the more underrated guys, simply because he played next to Marvin Harris, and his quarterback was Peyton Manning. But when you look, when you talk about these guys, Andre Johnson, Torrey Holder, the other two receivers that we're talking about with this class, guess who has the most receptions? 
Guess who has the most yards and guess who has the most touchdowns in each topic? It's Reggie Wayne. Right. He has, he, he and, and, and it's not, it's not even close when it comes to touchdowns. It's 82 touchdowns and 70 touchdowns for, for Andre Johnson, uh, 74 for, for, uh, for Torrey Holt. It, it's very close in yards. He's only got like 200 more yards. And someone might say, well, he had Peyton Manning. Sure. But he also <laughs> made me. a lot of that. <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> that and, would be. and that's not his fault. That's not his fault. I'm just looking that's at Andre Johnson's quarterbacks and I don't even know who they were. I mean, I do, but I don't. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, but, but it was who cared who his quarterbacks right. were. He made it work. Right. And, and that's where I do agree. He right. gets that point. But Reggie Wayne was such a model of consistency. Yeah. For Peyton Manning, because Peyton Manning, I mean, he's had plenty of receivers in his time, but I, I would say him and Marvin Harrison were the best that he, that, that he had. When you look at, you know, you're sure he had Emmanuel Sanders, he had Demarius Thomas, rest in peace to him. But, uh, you know, I, I Reggie Wayne, to me, is one of the guys that gets overlooked. He played for over a decade in the NFL. And I mean, anytime that you lined up against him, you had to be ready to take him on and to, to you know, to, to be worried about him. And when him and Harrison were in, they were one of the best receiver combos in the NFL. Kind of like how Torrey Holt and Isaac Bruce right. were in that right. short span with, with Kurt Warner. Uh, but I, I'm with you, though. If, if I was to – Andre Johnson's a guy I think should be in there. I just look at Wayne's numbers, and I'm like, man, I, it's tough to ignore that. No, no doubt. And I can agree with you 100%. I love me some Reggie Wayne. Uh, he was awesome, you know, and he did have Peyton Manning. And, hey, again, like I mentioned, it ain't his fault. <laughs> it ain't his fault that Andre uh, Johnson didn't have any good quarterbacks, and, and he had Peyton Manning. I mean, that's just how it happens sometimes. But, uh, yeah, definitely shout-out to Reggie Wayne, man. He's awesome. How about this one? How about DeMarcus right. Ware, man? I mean, DeMarcus mm-hmm. Ware, you want to talk about a dude, and he was an absolute stud when he was drafted by the Cowboys, played a long time with them, uh, wasn't able to secure a ring with them, but uh, got sack after sack after sack, and because of a few injuries, and he had a really uh, large contract, he was due. Jerry Jones had to make the tough decision to release him and let him go, and when he went to the Denver Broncos and was part of that Super Bowl 50 team that uh, won that Super Bowl with Peyton Manning, with Von Miller, uh, you know, over the Carolina Panthers when uh, Cam Newton was the MVP of the league, and I thought that Cam Newton and Carolina were going to roll into Santa Clara, where the 49ers play and go and win that Super Bowl 50, that uh, that uh, historical fi- uh, Super Bowl, because it was number 50. DeMarcus Ware and Von Miller weren't having anything to do with it. And I think DeMarcus Ware made Von Miller a lot better player as well, gave him a lot of tricks mm. to the trade. So uh, I, I think over 100 sacks for his career, there's no doubt about it, DeMarcus Ware should be in there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel about it. We, and again, when you look at the defensive lineman on this list, he, he, he leads the list with 138 and a half sacks. Jared Allen right behind him, though, yeah. with 136. Uh, and, and this is where it becomes kind of tough because Jared Allen, to, to me, Jared Allen always put up great numbers and he was always a great personality, but he just, he never got the opportunity to be on that championship team and to be on that, right. to be on that great team that, that, that he could be part of. To, to win on. I mean, the Vikings had some good years, yeah, yeah. but th- but they never could get over the hump. DeMarcus Ware got the benefit of playing with Vaughn Miller and with that with that great Broncos defense in the mid 2000s. Uh, so that, that maybe that's a little bit unfair to him, but I do think I, I agree. If I'm taking any of these defensive linemen, DeMarcus Ware would be my pick. But one guy I, I look at that I think maybe that, that that might be a little too much here that it's being overlooked is um, when you're when you're looking at this list, I really look at Devin Hester. Yeah. I, I I look at him and I see, man, there's the dude who was the best returner in the history of football. Now, granted, when you when you say well, I, and there's a lot of football guys, when you talk to them, you know, the, the you know, the from from the Hall of Famers to the coaches to the analysts, they don't want to put special teamers in there. They don't feel like kickers and punters. They didn't do enough in there. But Devin Hester did what nobody else could with the return game. Yep. And there were guys who had spurts like Dante Hall. He was an X factor for like about two or three years. Devin Hester did that for all of his career. And I'll never forget 
uh, one of the plays, I mean, and this was in, in the final years of his career when Devin Hester was back there and, the, and they're playing the Packers and Devin Hester lines up on one side of the field on a punt and the ball goes the complete other way. And the, this was a setup intentionally. And he, he goes away from the ball. The entire Packers defense shifted with Devin Hester, not watching the ball. <laughs> and that allowed the actual person who caught the punt to just walk down the field and score a touchdown because everyone was so scared of Devin Hester. That's how ridiculous that guy is. If he doesn't play in the Super, in the Bears Super Bowl against the Colts, they get shut out. Right. That's how that's how legendary he was. And and Tony Dungy was said, said, oh, you know, we're not scared of kicking to him in the Super Bowl. First kick, first play, he kicks to him. He says, all right, we're never doing that again. And then the Colts <laughs> went on to blow out the Bears after that. But that's that to me, like I, that breaks the mold. Yeah. Of, OK, like you're just a specialist. No, Devin Hester really mm. did something extra special when he was returning all those. And he has the most in, in the NFL history. You know, a Hall of Famer is a guy that that changed the game or helped shape the game. And that's what Devin Hester did. Devin Hester was a game changer. He absolutely changed the game for the uh, specialist. It was awesome. Uh, he was a weapon. You know, he's a guy that I, I think Devin Hester could go out there and, and return a couple uh, punts or kicks right now and take a couple to the house. I mean, he wasn't prime time because prime time played defense. It was a DB and all that other stuff but man Devin Hester he was uh he was prime time to watch you know what I mean like he was fantastic if he was playing I was watching I don't care who it was I don't care what team he was on I was watching because he was fantastic and could absolutely get it done so uh, I'm with you 100% with Devin Hester uh you better put a spot in Canton Ohio for him my last guy I know it's gonna be you know kind of controversial because his career was a little bit short but man he was an absolute stud while he was playing and that's Patrick Willis man the linebacker yeah. for the 49ers and I I hated it when he retired because his his daughter Dogs couldn't go, man. He had the feet issue. Yeah. Uh, they just couldn't go anymore, you know. And sometimes you just realize, I cannot do this anymore. But Patrick Willis, I mean, he wasn't Mike Singletary, but that guy was an absolute dude, right? He was just a dog. He went out there, and he made things happen. And I'm thinking about those legendary 49er defenses when it was him and Navarro Bowman. And, you know, I mean, they just had linebacker after linebacker that you thought, man, these are absolute super studs. But Patrick Willis was the leader of that bunch, and he was a uh, just a monster. And I know his, short, his career was shorter than most people expected, so he probably won't get in the very first time. But if it's up to me and, and just me, I'm putting him in because I realize how much of an impact he put on the game of football. Patrick Willis was the closest thing to Ray Lewis, right? And like in that time, and, and Ray yeah. Lewis was still in the league, right? That, like right. that was that was the thing. But like Ray Lewis was starting to get older, you know. He was starting to like he he was still the genius that he was at linebacker, but he didn't have the speed or the burst that he did when he was in like the mid two thousands right. when Ray Lewis was Ray Lewis. But Patrick Willis, he had the speed, he had the power, he had the intelligence, he had the leadership components, and you feared him when you went over the middle. I I agree. I, I'm one of those guys that. I don't care if your career was six or seven years. If you were the best in football right. for that span, right. you you changed the That's game. That's all that matters. Like, you know, yep. you know, and for me, like you know, when, when people talk about that and you know, that that Niners team, they didn't win a Super Bowl. They got to one and they, and they lost to the Ravens. Uh, but you know that those those Niners teams, he was the reason they even had a surge in that time yep. um, and and got that opportunity. So I'm with you on Patrick Willis. One guy I think continues to be overlooked, and I feel. I feel bad for him. But again, it's just when you compare him to, to all these types of guys, you know, it's tough to say, hey, he should go in over these guys. And that's Tony Baselli, yeah. uh, the offensive tackle for the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, you know, back in the in the 90s. He was a, a, an elite offensive tackle for so many years. And offensive linemen often get dogged when it comes to these type of votes. But how are you going to put him in 
over Andre, uh, over Andre Johnson, over over Reggie Wayne, over Demarcus Ware. Oh, you know, over um, Patrick Willis, guys who were also you know l- l- legends of their mm-hmm. positions. Those are guys. Those are guys that I find it's just tough to argue with 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 that one. Tony Baselli. Anyone that watched football said, "Man, that dude's a beast at offensive tackle." Yep. But the problem is, is that when you when you look at that, like how you know how relevant was he? And part of this it comes down to what we were talking about earlier. Sometimes it's just about where you are. How relevant was he to? You know, the, the NFL at that time, he was a great offensive tackle. The Jaguars made one AFC championship during his time. And but they, you know, they, they never got over the top. So it's it's tough to assign him that, in my opinion. But he's a guy that I just I think it's there's times when it's unfair to certain guys because there's just so many talents coming into the whole uh, vote, voting process each year. Yeah. And Tony baselli has been through the you know, he's been through the run a few times. You know, what I mean, he, he's had his conversations about the hall and, you know, there's the reasons why uh, it's taken him so long. And so I, I hope he gets the nod to get in. I mean, he was a hell of a tackle. Like you mentioned, uh, guy was banged up quite a bit, you know, when he tried to move on from Jacksonville to Houston and, you know, just didn't get it done. But uh, man, that guy was one hell of a player. So, again, uh, a shorter career, but an outstanding career nonetheless. So I think that he's a guy who deserves it. I don't know if he's going to get it, but I do think he deserves the Hall of Fame nod. We're going to take one more break. When we come back, you're going to get our pick six. We're going to be picking, uh, you know, six games this weekend, how we think they'll play out in week 17 of the NFL season. It's going to be exciting. But first, I got to tell you guys about Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered through all football season, going in the march to the playoffs, as more props, odds, and lines are available than ever before to get you ready for the playoffs. There's a lot, there's a lot on the line. So why don't you put your money on the line and make some bread when you go to betonline.ag? Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website. Site to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKED ON. That's L O C K E D O N, LOCKED ON, to receive that 50% welcome bonus. From basketball to football to NHL to boxing to UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, and Bet Online, where the game starts. Wrapping things up with our pick six here on the Locked On NFL podcast. It's Chris Carter and your boy Q uh, rolling rolling through on a Friday. Now, let's get to our games this weekend. Uh, we're, we're picking games that we think will be close and, and we think will be important here. Uh, the more competitive games. Let's start with our 1 p.m. game here. Uh, the 11-4 and four Chiefs at the 9-6 and six Bengals. Two young quarterbacks that everyone's talking about. Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, who threw five touchdowns last week against the Ravens defense. The Bengals are at home. This to, me, this, to me, Q, is a huge chance for the Bengals to prove that they're not just picking on teams that are hurt up or beaten down. They're for real. And I think there's times they've shown they're for real this year, but then they've had those flops, like they're lost to the Jets, and they've had say when I had to wear stickers on my face <laughs> to actually bet on them to win that game. Um, but you look at how they've played this year and you're, and you're thinking like, man, maybe they turn the corner. I see a lot of people, I've seen some people even argue Joe Burrow's already better than Patrick Mahomes. And I think those people have to cut it out. Patrick Mahomes is still a beast. He still slices people up. And right now, Q, that Chiefs defense is for real. I'm taking Kansas City. That defense is going to be a lot harder than the Bengals. Yeah, I feel like this is a game that Kansas City should win, but man, I'll tell you, I'm a kind of a prisoner of the moment of what Cincinnati did last, what they put on film last, and man, what they did was outstanding. I do like what they got cooking in Cincinnati. It's so funny. They've almost been the storyline of this show uh, every single Friday throughout the year (laughs) of 2021, just the whole way it got started, and me not believing in that team. So I want to give them a lot of credit for what they 
they've been able to do. Absolutely. I know I've done this a lot of times and said, I like them this, I like them that, but, well, I'm going to do it again because it's Kansas City they're going up against. That defense for Kansas City is playing really good ball. Uh, I think the Chiefs win this game, but, man, I'll tell you, the Bengals win it. Wouldn't shock me at all and love what they're doing there in Cincinnati. So shout out to all those Bengal fans out there. Who that? <laughs> there you go. Uh, let, let's see what happens here, though, because this is the Is it who that or is it who they? It's who day, yeah. Is it really? Let, I was gonna let you slide. Who that's the Saints? My bad. Well, how, who does the same thing? That's like, uh, 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 don't get me started. Never mind. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> who, who day? Who day? Shout out to Cincinnati. I'm sorry. Yeah. Also, also, I'm sorry. Who day is weird. Like, 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 like what? Like who that actually sounds kind of cool. Who day sounds like it was a, it was a, it was like a weird one. Uh, but you know, but it's 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 fine. Who day? Who day is what is what they say, and, and they they the Bengals fans deserve to feel proud about this, right? Season. For sure. But uh. Let's look. Let's look at a, another matchup that's going to have a lot of impact on the wild card race because the eight and seven Raiders, the team you cover, uh, they had a big win last week, and now they're coming into town against the Indianapolis Colts, who were missing Carson Wentz, uh, who are who, uh, with them at nine and six. The Colts, though, in my opinion, they are all about Jonathan Taylor, oh, for sure, just running over everything in his path. I know the Raiders had a big win last week, but I see this being the loss that hurts them with the Colts being able to run the ball so well. Right. Well, that's the thing about it. And Carson Wentz, uh, he may play. You know, he might be able to, uh, you know, be activated on Sunday morning. He's not even that good. No, I don't think so either. I agree with you. I don't think he is. It's all about Jonathan Taylor. I will say the Raiders held Denver uh, to 18 yards rushing last week. Now, I don't think that that's going to happen with Jonathan Taylor. I just don't because he's that great. I mean, and when I say great, I mean great, but – uh, if they can slow him down just a little bit, if they get a little something in their neck, I mean, again, I, I, I've been saying it all week on the Lockdown Raiders podcast that I just feel like the Raiders could hang around to the end, keep the game close, and Derek Carr could find a way to win it at the end. So I'm going to stick with that. I'm not going to change it now. But, I mean, this is a big game. If the Raiders win this one, that Week 18 game against the Chargers at their house is win and get in. And that's the only way you want it to be, right? So there's a lot riding on this game for the Raiders. So I'm going to, on the strength of that, I'm going to say that they squeak by with a, a field goal victory at the end. Daniel Carlson hits it. But, um, you know, it's going to be a hell of a game. Whoever's starting at quarterback for the Colts. Eight and seven Dolphins play the 10 and five Titans. The Dolphins are on a seven game win streak right now. They went from one and seven to eight and seven. And now they, this is their chance to say, hey, we fought our way into a position to have a shot at the wild card spot. Now you need to beat the Titans in Tennessee. The Titans rebounded, though, last week. They, they, lost, they lost to the Steelers a couple weeks ago. A.J. Brown's return was a huge boost, and it showed that, hey, he can be a game a game changer. But this is going to be an interesting matchup for me because that means he's going to have to line up with Xavier Howard. I like the Dolphins in this matchup. I think that they're going to be able to, to, to do some things on defense that the Titans can't do, and this will be a close one. I'll go down to the wire, but I see Miami actually continuing this win streak and continuing to fight for their position in the playoffs. You know, I, I look at Miami, and I give them a lot of props for the seven-game win streak that they're on, but I also look at the quarterbacks that they face, and I realize that they're a bunch of Jags, man. They're just another guy. You know, they're not they're not anybody special. You know I mean? Lamar Jackson, even in that, in that group, was uh, banged up and hobbled when they beat him, so I don't want to disrespect them because seven – wins is tough no matter who they're playing against but I just think that Tennessee is somehow is finding ways to win games even without Derrick Henry I've been a I've been a guy that hasn't really believed that they're going to keep this thing rolling but they found ways to do it I know AJ Brown missed practice on Thursday but apparently it was just precautionary so uh, if he comes back and he does play on Sunday I do think it helps the Titans get over the top and win this game and snap in Miami's seven game winning streak because one Seven games is hard to continue to go. You know, it's hard to win eight and win nine and ten. You know, I mean, it's just it's hard to go on a streak like that. Credit to them, but they haven't really played anybody that I think is big time player teams yet. So uh, I'll give the nod to Tennessee in this one. Big AFC West showdown: Broncos seven and eight, 
Chargers eight and seven. Broncos lost week, but the Chargers have been reeling as well. I, I've been going back and forth on this one, but yeah. I have to feel the Chargers win this one, Q, just because the Broncos have been have been really hurt up. They've already they've already dealt with a lot this season. But the Chargers, they have to find a way to close it up. They, if they blow this game, they're going to be tied at eight and eight with the Broncos. And it's going to be a, such a big letdown for them after all the promise of Justin Herbert and what they were going to be able to do this season. Right, no doubt. And I, I think that the Raiders beating the Broncos last week really kind of dimmed the Broncos' spirits. Uh, I think the Chargers need to find a way to win coming off a tough loss that they had. Uh, I think that they'll definitely uh, win this game, no doubt about it. Uh, it's just uh, it's weird, you know what I mean? Like these AFC West teams, they're so kind of bunched up outside of Kansas City who's leading the charge. Everyone else is just kind of like, hey, do you want to take the lead? No, how about you? No, how about you? So you really don't know, but I'm going to roll with the Chargers in this one as well. I think that the Broncos are kind of beat up after that loss to the Raiders. Game of, game of the week category here, Cardinals at Cowboys. The Cowboys at 11-4 mm-hmm. and four are fighting for that one seed as they're chasing the Packers at 12-3. and three. But the Cardinals are 10-5. and five. They're reeling. They've, they're on a losing streak now. At, at one point, they were the one seed. Q, I don't know what's happened to the Cardinals, but I can't pick them over the Cowboys. But the way the Cowboys have been playing well, that defense has been electric. And whatever magic the Cardinals have had has faded away. Well, the magic has faded away because it's the second half of the season, and that's what they do. You know, uh, as I listen to Bo Brack and uh, Alex Clancy all the time on Locked On Cardinals, they always talk about Cliff Kingsbury in the second half. Second half of the season, he has collapses. Going back to even college, he has collapses in the second half. I don't know what it is about Cliff. Maybe he starts feeling good about himself. He starts smelling the flowers before they're actually bloomed. I don't know what it is, but uh, I don't don't believe in Cliff and the Cardinals down the stretch. So uh, I believe in Bo and Alex, but I don't believe in Cliff down the stretch. So, uh, yeah, I'm rolling with the Cowboys in this one. I don't think it's going to be close. Uh, That defense is cooking with grease, and they're going to create a couple turnovers and run away with this one it'll be a laugher by i don't know say halftime Geez, a laugher at the half that's yep. that's tough that's gonna be a hurt piece on the cardinals but do check out lockdown cardinals to get their reaction to how that game goes finally monday night football it all goes down <laughs> seven the seven and eight browns play the seven seven and one steelers ben roethlisberger didn't say officially but it's a kind of officially that this is going to be his last home game at heinz field the steelers is their final home game of the season monday night football against the browns whoever loses this is out of the playoffs the browns of course eliminated the steelers from the playoffs last year in heinz field when they didn't have fans now Fans are are clamoring. I'm telling you, I'm not even in Pittsburgh. I'm in Atlanta right now <laughs> after covering the Peach Bowl. But I, all I all I hear on my on my social media feeds is how every Steelers fan is trying to get to this game just for one last chance to see Big Ben Roethlisberger play. And the Steelers are going through it. They just they just added uh, Joe Schobert and Chris Wormley to the to the COVID list. They've been dealing with injuries all season. They've been trying to get people back. They should have Pat Fryman back for this game. But the Steelers have been going through it with a lot of different things. But this game is an emotional game. And this game is one of those times when you've seen Mike Tomlin's teams rise to the occasion more often than not. When, you know, when push comes to shove, this is, it was, it was one of the reasons that Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season. Whenever it's whenever you've seen like, hey, you had a bad week like you did last week against the Chiefs getting blown out, they normally step up. They normally respond. I'm going with the Pittsburgh Steelers at home. The Browns are coming into town. This is the, this has been a disappointing year for them. You know, this was supposed to be their Super Bowl run year. Now they have a chance to try to knock off the Steelers again. But the Steelers, they still have that sour taste in their mouth from last year, even though they beat the Browns in Cleveland earlier this season. I think the Steelers focus in. It's going to be a wild and a weird one. 
I don't think either of these teams get more than 23 points, but it's going to be a crazy one on Monday Night Football, lots of defense, and you'll see the Steelers come out on top in some wild fashion. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of emotion in this game for everything that you just said. Of course, it's a division uh, fight. It's always going to be a fight. I don't say a division game. I say a division fight because that's what it is when it's the Steelers and the Browns. And I think on the strength of Big Ben uh, being the last game at home, I mean, they've got to ride that emotional wave, right? I mean, there's just no doubt about it. Tomlin's going to have them cooking with grease. Uh, They're going to be in a good position. I think that it's not even – I don't want to say it's not close, but I just think that that emotional ride that Pittsburgh is going to be on is going to be too much for Cleveland to handle. So I I got the Steelers in this one, no doubt about it. So we both got the Steelers there. There we have it. There's our pick six. Thanks so much for checking out the Locked On NFL podcast this week. Sorry it's out a little bit later, but hey, we got to roll with with the punches when we're when we're we're doing some live coverage out here of some college football. Q, happy New Year to you, man. I will see you in 2022. Got to make that joke at least one point on this podcast. (laughs) But happy Happy New Year's Eve to everyone. We hope that you have a safe fun and happy new year and we hope that we see everyone on this show uh watching us and joining us with our show as we continue the locked on nfl podcast next year stay with us i'm chris carter and your boy q it's been awesome you can follow the show on apple spotify google Podcasts, odyssey and youtube subscribe to our youtube channel to get more of our daily content but we'll be back with more on monday recapping sunday's action